Hi, thank you so much for tuning in to our Stolen Lunches podcast, where it is time for us to steal away and be fed by God. Now, if you want to tune in to any of our virtual Bible studies, you can by logging on to stolenlunches.org. But for right now, let's dive in. You're going to laugh every now and then because, you know, Jacinda used to sit beside me in staff meeting and she used to mm-hmm. always bother me because I'm getting a, a crash tutorial on technology while we actually doing business and staff meeting. But uh, we grew together so much from that. But as I was saying, we're going to talk tonight about being the real you, being authentic to who you are, according to who God intends for you to be. And the reason why I say it like that is because the world wants you to think that anything goes, everything goes. Uh, The world wants to influence how you speak. The world wants to influence how you uh, dress. The world wants to influence how you do your money, what you believe in and how you believe in it. These are the things that the world wants to influence. And if you're not careful, even as Christians, we'll find ourselves mocking the world and at the same time trying to be who God wants us to be. How many of you on social media? Let me see your hands. How many on social media? And that should be everybody because there is no way you can be connected to Jacinda Jacobs and not be on some kind of social media platform. You just can't do it. You won't survive. All right. But with social media, it's a wonderful thing. I love it. I love all the platforms. I love Instagram. I love I love Facebook. I love all of them. And, and I'm on it and I'm using it and it's helping me and it keeps me in touch with people. But the downside of social media is that it gives you or gives people an opportunity to just show the world who they want you to see. I can post images on, on Facebook of me uh, uh, standing in front of a backdrop of being uh, in, in in Hawaii in shorts, and uh, uh, I can even I, I can even do things uh, so that I can look like I'm bulk and I'm built and I'm fit and I'm trim and lean. And you'll believe that's who I am, and you'll believe that I'm in Hawaii because of what you see. But when you actually come into my presence, or I come into yours is what you see, what you thought I was when you were looking at social media. So social media is great, but we have to be careful that social media don't become who we are. Uh, We don't make who we are is who the world sees through social media. You ever seen this show called Catfish? Raise your hands if you have. You've seen the show called Catfish. And you you know how it is with Catfish that you know, there's this person who got these pictures up and they got these images up and and long story short, you know, after the, the, the facilitators of the show uh, does some digging and some talking and finally get you to meet. And many times the person that you thought you were meeting is nowhere near who that person really is. So tonight we want to talk about how do I be true to myself? How do I be the real me? but according to who God wants me to be. Because this is the principle upon which we're talking tonight. This is it. And that is the most powerful and influential and effective person that you can be, my friends, is when you possess and exhibit characteristics that reflect God and who he wants you to be. Now, who the world wants you to be, not even what we dream up in our heads that we think we ought to be. But when we work toward who God wants us to be, that's the most powerful and influential person that you can possibly be. I'm going to give you five words tonight, five concepts 
that I want you to really, really, really think about as we go through. And there are going to be questions that are going to pop in your mind, some th thoughts that are going to pop in your mind. And I'm going to ask you to respond. But now I got this thing that I call, anytime I do a teaching or a meeting, I got this thing I call an OMS. And it's just a little rule that I use because I like any and everybody who wants to participate to have a chance to do that. And if you're like me, if you're like me, you can talk a lot and you can go a long time. So an OMS is a one minute story, okay? So a one minute synopsis. So when you start contributing and telling your story, give us the one minute version, okay? All right, not, not the two hour version, all right? So everybody can have a chance to participate. The first word, first concept is to be authentic. Now in your own words, I want somebody to tell me, what do you think that means? What do you think being authentic means? Somebody. Just jump organic, in. organic. Okay, what do you mean by organic? Um, to be to be genuine, right? To peel off the layers and not hide behind what you think is expected of you, and be okay with showing all parts of you—the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, that's just we we. I mean, that's just what who we are, right? Yeah. Okay. Very or nice. Who we should Very be. Nice. Somebody I else. Say. I'll say um, I always like the word unique. Um, you're unique and authentic in that you, you're not conforming. You're standing alone. Mm. Good. Nice. 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 Mm -hmm. After a while, I won't have to say anything. Somebody else. <laughs> Anybody else? Um, we'll take one more. I like to say real. Okay. Stay okay. very real with yourself. No, no games. Just be who you are. Be confident in who you are. Right. And, um, and care about people genuinely. And everything that you guys have said is exactly right. When you are authentic, it means being, as somebody said a minute ago, genuine, honest, and true to your core values to the real self, who to the real one, who you are. That is the values that you have the real beliefs that you have, the core of who you are, being true to that person. But now keep riding with me because there is a caveat to that, okay? Uh, this being true, but let me tell you what being authentic is not. Being authentic is not telling and letting everybody know your, all your business. Okay, I'm gonna be real and true to myself, so I'm just tell everybody everything about me. No, some things we don't need to know about you, okay? But being real to yourself, and it does not, it, it does not mean that you gotta be a perfect person, and you notice that the people that try to be perfect are the ones that everybody can see that you really, you really aren't perfect or you really aren't authentic. It doesn't mean being authentic doesn't mean I can just do and say whatever I want to do and everything, I, whatever I want to say. It does not mean that. OK. And it does not mean that I have the opportunity or the right to make up my own truth. Now, that's another teaching for another day. There are those in life, or there are people who exist who feel that you should be able to write your own truth and then live by it. But if you read the scriptures, truth is truth. It ain't yours, it ain't mine. And I understand what they're trying to say, that I can actually, I can express that which I really feel, and I can live the way that I really, really want to live without being cajoled or dictated to by anybody else. I understand that. But truth is truth. So when you're real to truth, you want to be real to truth according to what the scripture says. And you're going to notice everything that I say tonight is going to come back to the Bible. I don't know how to do it any other way. I don't, whatever I'm engaged in, the scriptures come out. 
Because when I gave my heart to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. And that goes for marriage, that goes for teaching, that goes for music, that goes for any part of me. And that's the first thing. And the reason why I said that these follow me is because Jacinda uh, made reference to my scripture. Somebody look it up real quick. But it says, that's Romans 12 and 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now that's that scripture. That's not Doc. That's not Jacinda. That's not Ashley. That's not Crystal. That's not Keisha. That's not Vanessa. That's not Janine. That's scripture. That's what the Bible says. So what we got to do is what? We got to make sure that the word and the Holy Spirit is our guide and our change agent. So it makes us who God wants us to be. You understand what I'm saying? The more you read the word, the more you study the scriptures, the more you dive in, and Jacinda said it earlier, the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you want to be like him. And the more you change the things that should not be a part of your life and make what God wants a part of your life, your true self. You become more and more like him daily. The Bible says this, Paul said it this way. He said, I die daily. That old man that I used to be, he is evolving into who God wants me to be. So what you want to do is be true to that self, the one that God is making, the one that he's forming, the one that he's transforming. And when you're authentic, then as, as Sister Valerie said, you ain't got to hide. You ain't got to run. You ain't got to try to put up no facades. You ain't got to take your face. And I know I know a person every time they put a post on, on, on Facebook, and uh, I dare not, I dare not say who it is because one of my relatives and Vanessa uh, would start laughing if I, if I did that. But anyway, every time she posts something, I, I know what my relative looks like, but she has this beautiful, slender, long hair down her back. My sister don't have long hair. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, she has, she, she has these, she has, she has all these colors that, 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 that's not there. And the thing is that she can, you can make yourself look any way that you want to. But the bottom line is this, that you want to make yourself look like who God wants you to be. And the way you do that is to make sure you bathe yourself in the word, if bathe yourself uh, in the Holy Spirit, because he's your God. He's your guy. So that's the first one I want you to kind of soak in that you need to be authentic, true to what your values are. And your values need to align with who God wants you to be. Understand? Question? One minute story. Let's go to the next one. Be vulnerable. First one was be authentic. Has to do more with your values. But also you want to be vulnerable. What does that mean? Let me ask you that. Let me ask. Let me ask you this way. I don't want to give it away. When you think of the word vulnerable, what comes to mind? What's your thought? And why does the world say, no, do not be vulnerable? Why? Why does the world tell you don't be vulnerable? Well, we just talked about this Tuesday, right, Ty and Mel? Wow. Vulnerability is scary. Mm. It's scary. Mm. Wow. That means I think someone else has something that they could do something to you. you hey, know? you gotta let them, you gotta let somebody else talk. I can't. We talked about <laughs> this on <laughs> <Christmas>. crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. I think about being emotional. It's because when you 
are run by your feelings, then that's when people can hurt you and all that type of stuff. So to me, vulnerability is emotional. Okay. okay. Um, allowing people to see your brokenness. And I think the reason, so I think the reason we hide that as people is we may think that other people can't identify with that. So vulnerability has to do with brokenness, right? Not wearing the shield, not wearing any layers, letting people see that, you know, we all have good days and bad days and we're more alike than we, than we like to think that we're not as people in this world. Okay. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. You're welcome. Did anybody else have a thought real quick? I think it's like uh, we we try to put band-aids over certain areas of our of our hearts, minds, anything. Um, but being vulnerable means that I'm strategically taking the band-aid off to either let something in or to try to let it heal. Okay. Thank you, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. The, the, the reason and everything you said, everything you said, guys, definitely ties into vulnerability and vulnerability is so important. But the world doesn't want you to be vulnerable because the world defines vulnerability, as some of you said, as being weak, as being a pushover, as being somebody who's not in control of their own emotions and in control of their own lives. And that you actually either uh, are giving yourself under somebody else's control or letting somebody see too much of you, when really that's really not what vulnerability is at all, okay? Because mm -hmm. vulnerability doesn't mean that you're gonna know, you're gonna see everything that happens in my life, but the real person of who I am, I don't mind you seeing them because number one, being vulnerable means being honest. And if I'm honest, I know I make mistakes, right? Anybody else? Mm -hmm. If I'm honest, I know I'm not perfect. If I'm honest, I know that I'm a work in progress. If I'm honest, then I know that everything that I should be, I'm not quite there yet. Okay. So vulnerability really just means, means, means being, being honest. And it, and it, it means that, that I'm open to admit my mistakes. It means that I'm open not only to admit my mistakes, but I'm also open to learn and change. That's why sometimes, and, and, and my wife and I, we do a lot of uh, premarital training, and we we counsel a lot of married couples, and we tell them that we, we ask them questions like, "Are you vulnerable to each other?" And the first thing that comes to our mind, because of the way the world has made us to think, is that that means no, I'm weak and and I don't hold my own. That's not vulnerability. Vulnerability is are you are you willing to expose your real emotions? And then if you find that you are in error, are you willing within to admit it and then to change? And we all have the capability of doing it because that's the whole thing that grace is about. That's the whole premise that Jesus dying on the cross is about because he realized that we in ourselves, we were wretched, undone beings, but he died so that he could give us grace. And that's how we live. So number one, being vulnerable is a good thing. It's actually a strength because I don't have to fake with you. I don't have to make you think that I'm somebody that I'm not. I can be open. I can be honest. And that doesn't mean I have to tell you all my business. I don't have to tell you every detail of everything that I go through. That in itself is, is, is counter to being vulnerable. But what it means is that I'm willing to learn, willing to admit that I've made mistakes, 
and I'm willing to change. Being vulnerable is, listen, if things offend you, you can admit that. If things excite you, you can admit that. Yeah. If, if things encourage you, you can, admit, you, can, you can admit that. If things hurt you, if certain things that people say, if certain things that people do, if they hurt you, you can admit that. And you need to admit that because that's being vulnerable. But what comes along with that is that I'm also looking for, seeking for, and I'm searching out the ways that I can learn from my vulnerabilities. I can learn how not to let you hurt me. I, in, my, in my first book, Healing the Hearts of Broken Men, I, I give an example of, because a lot of people will ask, you know, if, if, if my uncle raped me, do I have to forgive him? Well, number one, you don't have to do anything. Should I forgive him? Yes, you should. But understand what forgiveness is. That is through the grace of God that he's extended to you. You extend that same grace to your uncle and you, you, you say, I forgive you and you don't hold it against him. But you don't go back over his house next week. You don't go back to live with him the next summer. In other words, you don't have to let those who hurt you back in the same space that they were in when you were hurt. Now, it depends upon the relationship. You know, sometimes, you know, husbands and wives go through situations or they go through things. And a part of their reconciliation is forgiving and then allowing them to come back into their rightful place. OK, sometimes that's the truth. Sometimes, sometimes that's the answer. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. If you're being beat on this and that's the thing, certain things uh, trigger other teachings in my head. If you're being beat on every day, every night, you're being stumped on then, then to, to, to forgive that person is one thing, but to let them back in your life in that same space, that can be very, very erroneous, okay? So that's very, very important that you remember that. So yes, be vulnerable, but in your vulnerability, you will actually learn how to be strong. You can express what you feel. You can express what you think and what you believe, but at the same time, what? You gotta be, you gotta understand that you, it's not just expressing it, but it's always how. I remember when I was when I was in a in a on a radio interview, uh, and one brother it was a group of men, and one brother he was expressing how, no, when my wife offends me, uh, -uh I have to let her know. I have to let her know that, that no, 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 I can't just let her get away with that because she gonna keep on doing it. She gonna keep on doing it. And I made a statement. I said, but brother, I feel you. And I agree with you that the behavior that offends you and hurts you need to stop. And you can express that this hurts me. You can express that this does not feel good to me, but it's never ever the what. It's always what? The how. It's always the how. I can let my friend, my relative, my neighbor, I can let them know what I feel, how I feel, but it's not just that I let them know what I feel and how I feel, but it's how I let them know, okay? All of that has to do with vulnerability, okay? We good, everybody? Okay, third point, third point. I'm gonna move a little faster here. Third point is be accepting. Now, this is a big one here. Somebody tell me, where you think we're going? What do we mean by be accepting? What do you think? What, what do you think we mean? You can either drop it in the chat, or either you can just unmute yourself and, and you can speak. What do we mean by Hello. accepting? Um, accepting. Oh, accepting people for who they are as they are. 
Okay. Okay. Go ahead. That's good. Um, <laughs> text, no judgment, which is what I was going to say. Um, okay. No judgment. Okay. Okay. Somebody else? Grace. <laughs> good work. Good work. Good work. Grace. Somebody else? Accepting. Now I'm gonna throw um, um, before before I jump in I'm gonna throw a, a, a I like to play opposite advocate and I used to do this in staff meeting all the time just sending those this but I'm gonna throw something out there if a young man rate your daughter your daughter your blood that you spent nine months baking and you delivered this beautiful healthy baby you raised her you taught her. And at age 14, this 26-year-old joker rate. Talk to me in a light of accepting with that scenario. See, I was trying not to talk because Melody <laughs> told me not to talk, but then you went there. That, I, I really, really, exactly what Alicia said is how I look at accepting because accepting on a high level, everybody acts like they accept people. But in that case, that's what I pray, I pray that God will give me the grace to have full acceptance to all people, no matter what they've done, no matter if they're in prison, no matter their track record, no matter, accepting is probably the hardest thing that you have listed so far. And this see, is hard. I think that's so interesting because, you know, we just left Valentine's Day, right? And we've had this whole agape love and, and you know, it sounds great. Agape love. I want to love. I want to love. And, you know, love like Jesus loves. And it's, you know, there's no expectation. There's all of these different things. But when you really like put on acceptance and agape love, like Jesus really loves us, then it's like, do I really have the love for my husband? Like agape love? Because why is there really divorce if I'm really in agape love? Mm. Why am I walking out on that person that I call my friend if we really stand that love covers a multitude and we're not going to judge? So it's so many different questions and different things that we could go down when we talk about acceptance and judgment because we all come short exactly exactly yeah. it is it's so interesting when you when when you hear people talk about accepting because there are parameters to every concept that we can bring up and when we talk about accepting you have to look at it through the eyes of christ regardless to what we've done christ accepts us but we will be in denial if we didn't feel say admit that we felt some kind of way for a rapist to rape my daughter or for uh, I, I got a friend who, who, who her boyfriend was supposed to be fiance, literally killed her in front of his eyes. Uh, it, you, there are parameters. And what I mean by that is you accept the person as a person that God will forgive. You accept the person as one that God will extend grace to and that God can save and change. Now, we accept them in that way. But what we think sometimes is that accepting a person means that we've got to accept their behavior and we got to accept their beliefs and that we must accept the things that they promote. And that is so far from the truth. And you've got to be discerning enough to separate it. 
You got to separate. If there's somebody who, uh, if there's a person who every time you look up, he's 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 cursing and he's he's uh, being a belligerent and he's uh, got a, a fight fighting kind of persona. And we 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 sometimes as Christian we give off the persona that okay we got to be accepting so everything this person does we just gotta love them and hug them. No, you don't. No, you don't. What you give them is the grace of God that he extended to you. And that's what I mean by sometimes the world makes you think that everything that's put out there, you got to accept it in order to be accepting. Like Jacinda says, when it hits home and it walks up on your doorstep and there's a situation that comes to you, you have to ask God, you know, do I really have the strength to, to, to accept and forgive? Because sometimes it will take you a while. Sometimes it will take you really, really, really praying in order for you to get to that point. But what makes it easier is when you understand that I don't have to accept this person's lifestyle. I don't have to accept this person's beliefs. I don't have to accept this person's behavior. But I have to accept them as one that God can change and mean a candidate for salvation. Is that clear? Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 let me go to the other side of accepting. And uh, this is a little lighter note here. Um, growing up, I, ha I had a problem with uh, certain preachers. I had a problem with some spiritual leaders because as I was growing up, a lot of, and, and, I'm, and, and I'm old school, but, uh, and I'm a little older than I look, but I had a problem because preachers taught a lot of times that you got to do it like I do it. And you got to do it my way, or uh, number one, it's wrong, it's unacceptable, and it's probably sin. I just had a meeting with uh, my, my men's group, Better Man Power Connection, and I told them that God may have given it to you just a little differently. We're not going to all talk alike. We're not going to all praise alike. We're not going to all sing alike. We're not going to all dress alike. We're not going to all dance. I know some preachers right now that would, would say that I'm here. I'm, I'm in heresy right now because I got this, this cap on my head. Okay, not because, fam, you're not doing well this year. That's not the reason. But I shouldn't have a hat on when I'm talking about the Lord. Okay, but every concert that Andre Crouch did with thousands of souls that he wore back in the 80s, he had a cap on his head. And many times he had on a Hawaiian shirt. And, many, and sometimes in his concert he had on shorts and sandals. OK, so the problem that I had was, you know, you, you got to do it the way that I do it or it's sin. Now, of course, the Bible says somebody look this up real quick. Somebody look up Philippians two and two and then somebody look up Philippians two and five. And I want you to read it for me in just a second. But the, the point that I'm trying to make it is that we have to be accepting of the fact that people are different. And sometimes they may not the method may not be your method. The method may not be the one that, that your method may not be theirs or theirs may not be yours. And we have to be accepting in the fact that, yep, that's the way you do it, but that's not necessarily the way I do it. This is the way I do it, but you don't like doing it that way. I, I, I gotta mention this before I forget it. Uh, uh, T.D. Jakes and Steve Furtick, they're my two favorite preachers of all time. I love a lot of other ones. I love a lot of other preachers. But Steve Furtick and T.D. Jakes, those, those are my guys. Those, those are the ones that I will sit and listen to an entire Sunday, two or three different programs. 
They're the ones because they speak into my life. And so sometimes people who may not, sometimes we cannot be accepting of somebody else. Cause see, uh, in, uh, Pastor Furtick will walk on stage right now with, with, with jeans, with holes all in the knees and all down the sides. And, and there are some preachers that'll say, you know, he ain't really, he ain't really no real holy preacher. He ain't really saved, okay? And then there are others who are from, from a different perspective that, that, that feel that, you know, T.D. Jakes is not real authentic or, or he's not really real because all he does is wear these nice suits and everything. Why he can't just come down to earth where we are? Well, you know what? We're not, to, it's not for us to judge. It's, it's not for you because really you, you can't really change nobody but yourself. I don't care how you try. You can't change your spouse. You can't change your, your, your parents. You can't change your friends. The only person you can change is yourself. And then in that change, people will respond to who you are. But we have to learn to be accepting that people are different. People are different. And sometimes their method may be different. The way God gave it to them may be different. So that's accepting. You don't have to accept that, you know, it's it got to be the right thing for you. And you don't have to accept erroneous behavior, but you do need to accept the person as grace. Somebody read, somebody, somebody read Philippians 2 and 2. What does it say? Anybody? Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Okay, wonderful. Now, he says being of one accord, one mind. Does that mean we have to be clones? No. What does he really mean by being of one mind? Read uh, Philippians 2 and 5. Somebody, anybody who got it? Philippians 2 and 5. Anybody? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's what unifies us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's what makes us all of one mind. When we think like him, when we proclaim what he proclaims, when he extends grace to others, that's what makes us all one mind. Many times people have pushed it out there that everybody got to wear the same color suit every Sunday. Everybody got to drive the same kind of car. If you drive a car a little nicer than you're trying to be up at it, that ain't the truth. But what's the truth is that the same mind that Christ had, that's what unifies us. And that's what he means by being all of one mind. We don't have to be clones. And when I try to make you my clone, I'm not being accepting. And when you try to make me your clone, you're not being accepted. Uh, accepting. Okay. So the oneness that comes in it is that when our values, match up with what Christ gives us and what he speaks. Got it? Let me read this one little thing to you here. So what do we do since we can't change people and we can't make them who we sometimes want them to be? What are we to do then? What are we to do? We're to share the message of Jesus Christ. We're to demonstrate love, extend grace and empathy, and point folks to Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You point them to Christ, Sometimes the changes, and that's, 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 that's also sometimes why I get a little perturbed when seasoned Christians who've been in the way, been in the Lord for 20 years, and sometimes it is the actually in the way, but 20, sometimes seasoned, seasoned saints, they're not patient 
or they're intolerant of the saint that's just coming to Christ two years ago or six months ago. And they figure the same maturity that they have amassed over the years, that six month old baby in Christ supposed to have all those principles down, have gotten rid of all those habits, supposed to know how to do the exact same things that you can do now that you, and you know that it took you a while and sometimes you're still wrestling with some stuff. So the thing is that we got to make sure that we are accepting in a way that we extend grace and apathy, knowing that it took me a while to get to a certain point. So it's going to take them a while as well. Man, I, I've seen some folks get just humiliated in public because they made a mistake or because they intentionally went and did something they weren't supposed to do. But the thing is that it's not the behavior that we're supposed to always that we're supposed to embrace. It's not the actual act, but what is it? It's the person. What did Jesus say when he when when the woman was caught right in the middle of adultery? What did he say? He says, "Without sin, cast the first stone." In other words, all y'all got some stuff, and you know I know about it. So now you try to act like you're perfect. I'm gonna call you out right here in front of everybody. You trying to impress? Okay. So we got to be accepting of the person and know that this is a soul that God has saved or has the potential of saving. At the same time, they got to get rid of and shed some of the stuff that the world has put upon them. Okay, we got to move on. Got to move on. Let's go to the next one. We got two more and we'll be done. Be present. And I'm going to ask you to do something right here. Be present. Don't just exist, but be present in the world. This goes back to what Jacinda was talking about at the very beginning about business and impacting the world and about making a difference in the world. We already talked about we're not to be clones and we don't supposed to all look alike and all do the same things. But everyone, this is something that, that she said back in the very beginning. She said, all of us got a purpose. But what I want you to do is I want you to tell me, first of all, what is purpose? Because we can't get to what that is. We can't get to what ours is unless we understand what purpose is. Is purpose necessarily your job? Is purpose necessarily your title? Is purpose necessarily what you are a part of? What group you affiliate with? Is that necessarily your purpose? Nah. Tell me, somebody, what is purpose? What is it? What is that thing we call purpose? Everybody say, I want to find my purpose. What is it? Anybody? I would say it's operating fully in the gifts that God has given you. Like Very good. Being able to, to point out or to recognize what gifts they are and figuring out how to best utilize those. Good stuff, Steph. Good stuff. Good stuff. Starting. Somebody else? What about God's intent for you, your being here on earth? Mm. Very nice. Very nice. I'm going to give you a hug tonight before you go to bed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start nothing in here, baby. All right. All right. Um, somebody else. Very nice. That's a good answer, sweetheart. God's intent for your being here on earth. And basically, that sums it up. It is the reason why you're on planet earth. It is the impact that God intends for you to have on the earth. Now, let me just dig into this thing called being present and following your purpose. And then I'm going to ask you to do something, just a little bit of one-minute exercise, okay? 
It's your impact. It's the thing you're supposed to do in the world that's supposed to impact the world. And even long after you're gone, the impact is still there. Okay? So that has nothing to do with a title. It has nothing to do with a position. It may facilitate your purpose. It may be enable you to have more doors and resources to fulfill your purpose. But your title, your job, your position, your, your group affiliation is not your purpose. Your purpose is the reason God put you here and the impact that you're supposed to leave on the earth. Now, this is what I want you to do. In a one sentence or one phrase, I want you to write down, everybody, I'm gonna give you like 30 seconds, write down what you feel right now is your purpose, the reason you're on planet earth. What is it that you're supposed to do that's supposed to impact your surroundings? What is it? Short phrase, don't write a dissertation, just a short phrase as to what you're placed here for. My teacher used to say, if you know it, it won't take long. And if you don't know it, it won't even take that long. Okay. okay. See, I like Crystal. Crystal, <laughs> Crystal is very vulnerable and honest. She put in the chat, I have no clue. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. All right. And then Melody said, you ain't alone. You ain't by yourself. And you know what? That couldn't be more, that couldn't be uh, more truthful because so many people cannot tell you what their purpose is. And I'm not saying that just because you've grown, you're supposed to know, but the Lord says, if you're not, you'll open the door. If you seek, you'll find. And the thing is that you seek God to know what your purpose is because he intimates to you what it is that, the, that you're supposed to do in the earth. Stephanie says something real important. God knew that there are so many different things that we like. There's so many things that we are attracted by. There's so many things that catches our attention that we can be totally confused about our purpose if we're not careful. Okay, but what God does, and Steph, this goes right along with what you just said. God actually puts the gift in you or gifts in you to enable you to fulfill your purpose. Now, if you like me, I like music. I like acting. Ain't no good at it. My wife is, but I like it. I like singing. <clears throat> I like speaking. I definitely like teaching, coaching. <clears throat> Sweetheart, can you give me some water if you don't mind? Thank you. Um, I like speaking, coach. I like all that. But I can get so wrapped up in trying to do everything at once that I miss my whole purpose. Yeah. I can get so wrapped up in trying to do everything at one time. I'm trying to speak. I'm trying to coach. I'm trying to record. I'm trying to become a rapper at age 60. I'm trying, you know... <laughs> You get so caught up in, 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 in everything that you think you like that you get completely off. When what God gave you, it develops naturally 
and it propels you naturally. And the Bible says your gifts will make room for you. I had to learn that the hard way. Believe it or not, and my 11th grade teacher at that time wasn't the most spiritual person in the world, but she's she's like my godmother now. I didn't like her at first because she I thought she was mean, but she was just a person who was no nonsense and she was disciplined and she wanted to pull the best out of me. She had, thank you, sweetie. She, she had my best interest in mind. And she called me out, the, she gave me detention one day uh, to keep me out the school, not for me to do anything, but for her to talk to me. She said, Michael, you're playing for four different churches at one time. She said, Michael, you're trying to be in every talent show that comes out in the city. She said, Michael, you are spread so thin you're not gonna be good at anything. She said, if you don't really zero in on what it is that you really supposed to do and focus there, laser focus, you're gonna be so spread that you're not gonna really have impact on the world. At that time I was young, I didn't really understand it. So it took me a little while, but I finally came to grips with my purpose was not to try to do everything I liked doing, but to use the gifts that God gave me to perpetuate his purpose in me. The Bible says it this way in Philippians 2.13, it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the more you're in the word, the more you let the Holy Spirit guide you and you let him propel you, you'll begin to say, okay, I, I, can, I can play golf, but my purpose ain't to be no golfer. Now, I wanna hear from you before I tell you mine, cause mine is very simple. I didn't even have to write mine down. Okay, and I'm very, very clear on it. Okay, anybody want to share what you wrote as far as your purpose? I just want to hear. Not mandatory, but, and, and there's no right or wrong, folks. There's no judgment. Who said that earlier? We're not, we're not judging. I think Melanie said that. We're not judging at all. But I, if you feel you know your purpose and you, you're confident, go ahead, go, ahead, go ahead and share. I'd like to share. Go ahead. I won't say that um, I'm confident that this is my purpose. But I did have a question. So- yeah. And this will be my, what is it, OMS. For so long, I thought that my purpose was supposed to build this empire for my kids, right? That, I mean, I had so many different business ideas, but then nothing seemed to come together. And then I began to be a little resentful. So I had been praying and I was like, it finally just, I became, began to have peace that is my purpose just to raise these three really great people because God has something for them. I mean, I don't know, is that my purpose? Because I can't say that it's something else than that right now that's really pulling on me. I'm going to go ahead and speak to that because I don't want to forget, Ty. And then anybody else who want to share, you're perfectly welcome to do so. There's a difference between your purpose and how it's going to impact the world and what you do. Now, there is nothing at all wrong with building this empire that you was talking about. But your purpose may be, and I, I don't know, only God can intimate to you what that is, but what your purpose may be is to raise those amazing children and prepare them for life beyond you, but put them in position, just like Hannah. Hannah's, position, Hannah's purpose was to have Samuel and take that boy to the church so he can become the most noted prophet in Israel. And she gave her son back to the Lord, raised him up, took him to the priest, left him there. 
so that he could become the prophet that he became. So likewise, if the thing inside you is pushing you to actually raise those kids, make sure they become what they're supposed to become, that could definitely be a part of your purpose. But the how is, is left up to you. And see, the thing is that sometimes we get confused with what we're supposed to be. So we, we have a good idea over here as to how to do it and then you know build this or open a daycare or start a youth ministry or so and we can we can start doing a lot of things that just going to confuse you but what you want to do is say that this is the question to ask when you're trying to define your purpose and lead you to what you should do what is the impact that it's supposed to yield what is the effect that it's supposed to yield at the end of the day i just finished writing a book and i can get so caught up in focusing on the book and how pretty cover is and and you know all of that that my whole thing is on the book but the book is just a tool to get to people what's in the book the principles that's in the book is what people need not necessarily this beautiful little uh, manuscript that, that that's been printed and produced so i'm saying to you ty is that you ask the lord lord this is i, I feel i know what the 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 impact I'm supposed to leave and the thing that I the, the thing that I supposed the effect that I'm supposed to have but I need you to lead me as to what's the thing you want me to do to make it happen and it very well may be what you already got in your heart but sometimes it needs to develop or it needs to grow or it needs to uh, you need to have other people help you I I, I I like Jacinda's ministry with uniquely you and stolen lunches but one thing she realizes is that she can't do it by herself that's why many of you that's on this call right now are around her and in her organization. Why? Because God has given you a part of the vision that he's given her to fulfill the purpose. So sometimes you have to just get other people in on board with you. And sometimes people just waiting for you to ask them. Okay. So it's the effect that you have. I hope I kind of sort of answered your question, Ty. No, you did. You just confirmed for me. Um, just how okay I feel with my role as a parent right now. Mm -hmm. So that I'm, I'm very grateful for. Because, and, and, and let me speak to that before somebody else share. The world will tell you your purpose. And let, let me say it this way. A lot of people spend all their lives trying to get famous. I know a 41 year old man right now that still wears uh sequence in his pants and uh, 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 his pants down below is behind and wears little muscle shirts with all kind of colorful emblems on it because he wants to be a rapper. I am not saying that this 41 year old dude can't be a rapper. I'm not saying that. But I asked him one time, I said, bro, you don't, you don't think you kind of aged out, you know, for what you're trying to do and, and for the audience you're trying to reach? Don't you think you kind of aged out? They ain't gonna hear none of your lyrics because they're gonna be looking at you with all this gray on your face. Come on, man. So sometimes we spend time trying to get famous, trying to get rich, trying to be known by everybody, trying to be accepted by everybody, and trying to do everything in a big way. When sometimes your purpose and your impact is right there in your neighborhood, right there outside your doors, that coach that takes that little league team and pours into them not only the principles of playing football, but also poison them to the principles of being a successful, productive young man as you grow up, stay out of trouble, stay out of jail, and, and honor the Lord. 
that man is fulfilling a purpose and that is to impact those young, young, young people. So it's not how famous you are because you can be famous and folks hate you. We ain't gonna call no names, no, no examples, but you can, you can be, you can, you can have a reputation and it's, it's one of the darkest things you ever want to meet. You see what I'm saying? So it's not about trying to achieve fame and trying to achieve a reputation. It's what's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. That drives what you do. Why am I doing this? It drives it. Somebody else, before I, before I talk too long, somebody else, tell me, tell me what you wrote down. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ty. Somebody, what's your purpose? I'll, I'll jump in, Doc. Um, the, go ahead, Jacinda. Just because I wrote a whole daggone book about it, I feel like I have to speak. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be right. Um, I I, I've always said this. It, it, it's always This has always been my purpose. My purpose is to help you pursue yours. Mm. That's always been my line. But I think it goes a little bit deeper just because I've been engulfed in ministry and, and, and entrenched in it in such a powerful, meaty way. Um, so I say that my purpose is to help people pursue their purpose and to lead them to be the best for Christ. Wow. 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 And it's funny that you would delineate it like that, because I've always said that it may not be everything that God wants you to do. But one thing that I've always said about Jacinda is that God has placed you here to help people to believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And that always come through. And any of you that know her, you, you get that from her, that she helps you believe that you can do what you're supposed to do. She helps you believe that you can achieve without giving you time to doubt yourself and to talk yourself out of doing it. Okay? So, so, so apropos, apropos, and I agree wholeheartedly. Anybody else want to share before we go on? I know that time is, I, won't, I don't want to hold you too much longer. Anybody else want to um... share? So for a long time, I felt like my purpose was also, well, let me just say this. In, in my family and in my friend group, I'm considered the person everyone comes to, right? Okay. For support, for advice. So maybe you could help me with it. What if you feel like sometime I've had to learn that not everyone is my assignment? Therefore, it has drained me to the point now, and I think probably because of COVID, like I'm, I'm very um, calculated in whose calls I'm answering and what I'm allowing to be poured into me. Because there is a big part of me, which is what I wrote, which is my purpose is to be a vo vocational speaker and healer because I do have great compassion for others. I do have great grace for others and try to teach others how to give grace when they're hurt or when they've hurt me. But I feel like along those lines that I've lost my purpose only because I'm so busy trying to be there for everyone else. Uh, Valerie, I so applaud Sorry. you for bringing that up. And believe it or not, that, that's, a, that's a whole nother teaching. And if we had another yes. hour, I would dive into that thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer you. But the, the last portion section of, of, of my new book deals with exactly what you're, you're talking about because if you're not healthy and in a good space uh -huh. mentally emotionally and if you're yeah. drained you can't help nobody you can go right. through emotions and, right. and, and and one of the good things if you can say that something good has come out of this pandemic one of the good things and me and my wife we walk every day and uh, mm -hmm. when we walk we talk about things and uh when we walk we talk about 
one of the good things that has happened in this pandemic for pastors and ministers is that it has given them a chance to breathe, recalculate, rebuild, and also realize that you can't do everything for everybody. Valerie, you're right. You are not given to everybody. You may be given to right. a lot of people, but you're not given to everybody. And you have to protect you. You have right. to definitely protect your heart, protect your mentality. You have to protect your emotions because you mm -hmm. got to be healthy in a lot of ways in order to help other people. And even those, let me check, don't hear what I'm not saying, but even those that God has given you to, mm. they have not, get, God has not given you to, to, to answer everything concerning them. Uh, do do yes. you get that? that I God do may, get that. God, God may have given you 50 people that you're to directly minister to and be accountable to, and, and, and they're accountable to you and for you to train or to mentor. But you also yeah. have to know that you don't, uh, your, your, your assignment is not to try to fulfill every facet of those 50 people. There's a certain thing you're supposed to impact them with. There's a certain thing you're supposed to leave with them. And then you have to retreat like Jesus did and go to the mountain and pray yeah. so that you can re rebuild and rejuvenate. You're still in a fleshly body. And you know yes. what? My, my early, early, early mentor, my early, early mentor who taught me how to play and, and, and mm -hmm. play piano and everything. She, she, she died very, very young. She died at age 54, but she used to try to, she used to say yes to everything. Anybody who wanted her to come sing at a funeral, anybody who wanted her to come sing at a wedding, anybody who wanted her to come do a concert, anybody who wanted her to drive all the way three states over just to sing a song and come back and get absolutely not one dime, she would do it. And her pastor kept telling her, you're going to die. We're going to bury you. And then the next week, we're going to have somebody else on that piano. You got to slow it down and you got to take care of you and you got to learn to say no sometimes. Right. And unfortunately, as much as I loved her, she never learned to do that. And it just took a toll on her life. It just took a toll right. on her life. So I say all that right. just to answer your question, that your purpose is not to do everything for everybody, but you got to identify what it is that you can do for people and then do that thing. I'm my, my, my whole purpose. I'm an encourager. That's what I do. Right. That's who I am. And regards to whether it's in music, whether it's in doing a production, whether it's in coaching a, 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 a church staff team or doing a one on one with the person. God, my assignment is to walk with people. And you know what? Everybody always used to ask me, Doc, why? Man, you could have a mega church. Why? Why don't you be a pastor? Why don't, why don't you? Be? You know, and I, and I could do that. But my. My most effective ministry is one-on-one. -on -one. When I can get in a person's space and they can feel my spirit and I feel theirs, we get some real ministry done. And I'm not saying I couldn't do that if I were not if I were pastoring, but I'm just saying sometimes you got to know that your 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 assignment is not necessarily uh, uh, in somebody else's assignment. So mm -hmm. yeah, there are a lot of friends that I got that are pastors, big churches. If it happens, praise God in that season that God wants it to happen. Yeah. But I'm an encourager at heart. And just today, uh, well, actually it was yesterday, uh, a, a good friend of mine, musician friend, uh, his wife passed away from, 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 from breast cancer. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, a uh, very good friend of mine. And uh, I waited and I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out to him a little later because I know a lot of people bombarding him right now. And finally I shot him a text and I said, I'm gonna give you a call in a couple of hours. And what he said to me after we talked, he said, a lot of people have talked to me, but I was waiting on your call because I knew that it would lift where I was in my spirit after I heard your voice. My voice, and especially most especially anybody else, no. Do it sound any better than anybody else? No. God works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. He works through you to get your purpose done. So that's what we have to do, realize that we're just vessels. We're no better than nobody else, but we're to let God work through us to help others. And so I just find ways to encourage people and walk with people. That's what I do. That's who I am. Okay. That's who I am. I, I know time is far spent. I'm going to do the last one and then we're going. And I'm just going to breeze through this. The last one, after being present, then you got to be useful. It's not enough just to know your purpose, but you got to roll up your sleeves. You got to show up and you got to go to work. And that's the part that we don't like. <laughs> we don't like rolling up our sleeves sometimes when we have to get out there, feed the hungry, when we have to get out there and taking somebody that we don't really want in our house. You know, you see what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes we have to roll up our sleeve and sit down there for those eight months and write that book and then reread it and rewrite it, reread it and rewrite it. We let somebody else tear it up and start over. My first uh, a draft of my dissertation, my major professor took the first three chapters and just threw them in the garbage can. She said, anybody going to read this? And, I, you know, I had to repent, y'all, because I don't know how many words Sunday school Peter words that I used when I was walking out of that lady office. And I had to go get on my knees and say, Lord, forgive me, because I don't talk like that. I don't use them kind of words. But I, I called that lady some things that reminded me of my old me. <laughs> and when I told my wife about it, she just laughed. And so we repented together and everything. But anyway, I finally went back and I rewrote them because I was going to quit. I was going to quit in the middle and I was going to stop. I said, I ain't doing this all over again. She said, number one, I got two reasons. She said, that's fine. You want to quit? This is my wife told me. She said, if you want to quit, you can quit. It's fine. But two things you need to remember. Number one, you need to remember how much money you put into it already in time. Number two, you got to remember how uh, are you going to regret after years past this that you didn't take the time be vulnerable and finish. Learn, redo it, and finish. And I say, okay, well, since my wife won't get on my side, let me go to my mentor. And I went to my mentor who, who got me into band and everything, and I told him about it. He said, Michael, give the lady what she wants because she has to sign off on your document. And then after you do what she wants you to do and you get your degree, you can write about anything you want to write about. There's nobody else to tell you. That may be dangerous, but uh, <laughs> but you can write about anything else. Okay, but that that's 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 what it is. So don't just talk, do the work. Produce the fruit of your gifts, like Steph was saying. Produce the fruit of your gifts. What he's given you, use it. Use it. Don't try to do everything at once. Don't try to do everything at once. In one season, you may be do you may be a pastor. In another season, you may be a counselor. In another season, you may be an author. In another season, you just may be a coach. But don't try to do everything at once because you can't you can't get anything done like that. Okay. Uh, you don't have to always be out front. You don't have to always be the leader. You don't have to always be the one in charge. Sometimes you can lead and be more effective from the real seat or from the second seat. Amen. 
Yeah. So you don't have to always have your name on the front. One of the things that I know through with the three pastors that I've served for years in my lifetime is that my assignment was to cushion and to, to, to walk alongside that pastor to encourage them and also to be a, an accountability person. I wasn't up front, I wasn't the leader, but my role was important because I affected the one who was the leader. So sometimes it ain't that one out front. Sometimes it's the one who walks beside him. Sometimes it's your spouse. Sometimes it's your son. Sometimes it's your best friend. But sometimes you have to realize that you don't have to be the one out front. You can lead from the second seat. Last thing I want to say is be purposeful and be effective. Because it's God who works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. And the most influential and effective thing you can do is grow into the person whom God wants you to be. I've talked a lot tonight, guys, and I enjoyed every everything that you shared with me. And Jacinda knows I can go on for another 30 minutes, but we're going to call it quits because someone's got to get up early in the morning. All right. So thank you so much, folks, for allowing me to come and to share, be a part of your Bible study. And hopefully I've not uh, done you a bad job and I'll get invited back again. Okay. Thank you. Yes. I, I was going to say, if y'all want Doc back, can y'all drop it in the chat and be like, we want you back, Doc. We want you back, Doc. We want you back. I just want you to see and, and hear and feel how we feel, Doc. I think you, um, you're phenomenal. We love you here and you always have a room here and we, we would love to have you back more often. Hint, love hint, hint. Hint, hint, hint. I'd love to come you back. And Miss Vanessa, you and Miss <laughs> Vanessa, because she drops jewels left and right too. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's right, Doc. We need you back, Doc. Come back, brother. <laughs> yes, my brother. I, who is Book Bus? I'm saying, who is Book Bus? Hey, <laughs> what's man, up, my friend? Tune in wherever I can. Come on. Come what's on, up, my bro. boy? <laughs> Everybody dropping in the chat. Come back, Doc. So you already know what that means. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hey, I'd love it. I'd be honored. Good to see you, my man. Good to see you. I love you, sir. I love you. Love you too, man. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just briefly say, Miss Vanessa, and I don't know if she even knows this, but she dropped a jewel one time years and years and years ago, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. We were talking about um, how to preach to people that we that we come in contact with daily, you know, and, you know, sometimes as believers, we feel like we always got to be, you know, inviting them to, to, to pray and accept Jesus into their heart right then, you know, or do I need to pray with them in this public place right now? Or, you know, how can I lay hands on them? And, you know, and the thing about it, all those things are good. And I do all of them. I break rules, laws, everything. And I'm laying hands, praying, we in parking lots, all that, right? But sometimes you can't. And so the conversation that we had in this one particular Bible study was probably about six, seven years ago. And she was sitting there and she said, sometimes it's not, it's, it's not all that stuff. You may be in a, in a job that doesn't let you, you know, pray or doesn't even let you say, God bless you if someone sneezes. And she was like, sometimes showing, showing people that, that you love Jesus, showing people that, um, you know, you're the son and daughter of the most high is simply showing up to work on time. Mm. Sometimes it's, it's doing your work in excellence. Sometimes it's being that person that's not going to sit in the group that's going to gossip about everyone else, but politely excusing yourself. And so she dropped like, like, the, I'll never forget her saying that. And I always, those are little gentle reminders that I have and, and little convictions that I have sometimes that just kind of say, you know, am, 
am I preaching and teaching the word of God in my actions right now? And so I love that. That's just his wife, you know, so them both together would just be phenomenal having them here. But um, I want you guys to really take to heart a lot of what Doc shared tonight, because these are all things that we can we can do and spend time in now. Today, we're equipped with this. This is in our hands. It's right in front of us. Us being authentic, that starts now. You know, you being vulnerable, the next challenge that comes your way, can you be open and honest with your true feelings and you know, uh, can you accept the person next to next to you tomorrow, you know, um, being present and, and, and asking God, you know, to reveal to you the purpose and the calling that he has for you in your life, and then actually doing something with it. You know, they always say that uh, the, the, the cemetery is the most richest place in the world because of so many people that have these phenomenal gifts, talents, and purposes, and they just didn't do anything with them, you know, so this I think is just the beginning. Um, I, I want to drop in the, the I'm gonna drop in a link. Um, I want to, if I can just really promote Doc right now. He, he has been hard at work in a phenomenal book. If y'all click this link. Um, he is, uh, he's the author of Characteristics of an Effective Team Player. And you know, when you really think about it, you may say, I'm not on any teams. Well, are you a daughter? You know, are you a son? Do you have siblings? Do you have coworkers? Are you in a church? I mean, y'all, we're in teams. Whenever you have to work or come around other people, that's a team. That's an atmosphere where you're dealing with different, different attitudes, different personalities, different everything. And so the one thing about Doc is he's always been really, really phenomenal at, um, at being a leader in these spaces and teaching us and raising us up to be leaders too. Leaders and followers, you know, how do we all cohesively work together to ultimately get the, the job done for the father or in whatever role that you're in. And so I just want to invite you guys to connect with Doc. Um, um, register. He has a free virtual book launch next next Thursday. Right. Um, it's at 630. I'm hosting it. And it's a one hour jam packed event that is hilarious fun, engaging. Like I, when I say every little minute has some type of surprise in it, um, it's going to be super cool. And, and the real thing is you may sign up and be like, I don't even know why I'm here or whatever, but I promise you're going to walk away with like five, 10, 15 gems that you didn't even know you were coming from coming for. But the biggest thing is if you do have time in your schedule next Thursday to just simply support him because he's a good, good man and he deserves love. He deserves support. He deserves friendship. And, um, and I, I do hope that you guys can log on, be part of the virtual event. If not grab his book, support him, read it, give it to somebody as a friend. But, um, but I love you doc. And I, I truly am blessed to know you. And, um, I mean it from the bottom of my heart and everyone else here has spoken. We would love to have you guys back. You and Miss Vanessa to come back and to share and to pour into us because, you know, your walk and your journey, um, isn't to just kind of take it and go home with it, but we would love for you to just keep pouring into us and, and strengthening us in this walk too. But congratulations on your book launch and all the hard work you put into it. Um, we are looking forward to your event and, and you coming out and stepping out in this new light, this new beautiful light on Thursday, and we want to support you. So I'll make sure that we're praying for you on the way out. Are there any final words, final thoughts, or any just comments that you want to leave with Doc before we get out of here, guys? I'm opening the floor to y'all. Everyone feel good? All right. Okay. Thank you. Um, Steph, if it's okay, 
Um, would you mind closing us out in prayer? I always like coming to Steph. And if sure. you can, I want to just put in a prayer request for Doc for um, God to just continue to guide him and give him strength and um, to be able to really, really reach souls and reach, um, reach people that are in need of the gifts that he has to pour into them. Okay, for sure. Um, I definitely pray for Doc. Does anybody else have any prayer requests um, that I can that I can pray for? Nobody. Nobody has a prayer request. We got a quiet bunch tonight. Steph, can you <laughs> pray for me to find my purpose? Absolutely, we can do that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. God, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, thank you for the ability to be able to come together. Lord, we might not be all be in the same room, but God, you have united us through this Zoom call. God, you have united our hearts. And Lord, you say that when two or more come in your midst, God, that you will intervene, um, that your presence will be felt Father God, and that you will begin to work um, in the unseen. And so, God, that's what we declare has happened tonight, God, that as Doc has spoken, um, that his words have just reverberated in our hearts and minds and throughout our souls. Lord, and I pray um, for Doc, especially, God, that as he is pouring out, God, that you, oh, Father, would strengthen him, that you would encourage him, God, that you would give him the exact words to speak over each and every individual that he comes in contact with. Lord, you know what his strengths are, and so does he. And so, God, I pray that you would put him in rooms where he's able to minister, where he is able to shed light um, on just the areas of other people's lives where he can encourage them and support them and um, just bring out the potential that you have placed inside each and every person that he comes in contact with. God, I pray for your angels to surround him and to protect him. For God, we know that whenever we do something good for your kingdom, that the enemy will come and will try to attack. So I just um, bind any uh, thoughts of doubt, any anxiety or stress that might come over him um, and his wife, Vanessa. Lord, I pray that you would surround and protect him um, from the roof all the way down to the foundation of their home, God, that you would just fill their hearts and minds and their home with peace. Lord, I ask um, for everyone that is on this call, Lord, that we would um, just be more aware of the purpose that you have placed in, into our hearts and minds and the purpose that you have um, given us each to fulfill. God, I pray that as we read your word, Lord, that you would show us the impact that you want us to have, not the impact that we think we need or the impact that we think we are supposed to supposed to be doing, God, but that you would uh, peel back the layers, that you would reveal um, something deep inside of our hearts that you want us to tap into. God, I pray that as we are reading your word, Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us. Father God, for you say that um, as we lean into you, that we will be, that our strength will be renewed. And so, Lord, I specifically pray for uh, Crystal as she is searching, as she is um, questioning, you know, what is her purpose? What is she here for? Lord, I pray that as she goes throughout the rest of this week, that you would show her, that you would make it plain, Father God, and that you would reveal it to her um, in only a way that she would know. And Lord, we leave that at your feet. God, we, um, we expect and declare um, to have Crystal come back on and say, this is what my purpose is. Um, God, because we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise with revealing that to her. Lord, I also pray for um, all the other people who are on this call who, who might not have said anything, but deep down inside, 
Oh God, they just don't know what their purpose is. Lord, I, I pray that those same sentiments that you would reveal those to them, Father God, and that you would um, heal the parts in their hearts and minds that needs to be healed so that they can tap into something new um, that you have for them. Lord, I pray that our hearts and minds would be open and receptive um, to the people that you have in our paths, God, that we would be accepting of of who they are and that you would give us the grace to love people with the agape love that uh, you love us. Father God, I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you that um, in your name, Lord, that anything is possible and that anything um, that we declare your name over, Father God, that you um, will do it and that you'll do it well. So Lord, we just love you and we thank you. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Mm, that is so good. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Stolen Lunches podcast today. If you want to be part of our virtual Bible studies live and in person, you can tune in from anywhere every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bible study, real people, real conversation, real struggles, and real testimonies of how great our God is. Just log on to StolenLunches.org.